live. ZZP Power Hour, number 110, I believe. 11. 111. All right, I'm always one off. You <laughs> think I would know by now. Uh, but what's up, everybody? We are talking about mods that we wish we did sooner in our modding careers, lives. I feel like we're definitely probably the more yeah. pretty experienced ones here, better on the block a lot. Yeah. <laughs> better on a couple blocks or two. Couple Dixie loops here and there. Maybe a bit. <laughs> couple project cars. Yep. Done a couple loop de loops. <laughs> couple of over budget. All the different directions. <laughs> Everything is over budget when you're a car guy. Uh, we got Connor Murphy. He's here often. Brad Keys, Canatelli. We got Mr. Bill Kish, Ryan Blaha, Blaja, blah 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 blah. Blaha <laughs> blah, blah. works, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think. I'll, I'll start it off with a big one, and this is to everyone out there who gets their first car and they really want to start modding it, or they think they've got a mod car, don't start with the base model. Unless you're Tim Beak, <laughs> and you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, something yeah. true, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks, oh yeah, I'm going to take I'm so happy you went this route. I got my 07 Cobalt LT. It's, it's basically an SS. Yeah. You know, and, just... and, and he is not saying if you have a base model, sell it. No, no, no. He's just saying, like, if you are planning your mod future out, do not start with the base models. You're, you're thinking, like, oh, I think I'd like to get one of those. You've been you've been keeping an eye on Marketplace. You maybe joined a couple of groups, and you're in the hunt. You know you're going to get a car. And I know the base models are cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. But you will recoup that cost into the things... That will make it similar mm -hmm. to your base point of your SS or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're starting with a Sonic and you find a good deal on an LS or an LT or LTZ, but you really want the RS, save up for that RS. It'll make it all worth it. And you're going to spend a grand. It's going to yeah. be equal. You're going to invest a lot of time and money into the car. So you don't want to get to the end and be like, man, but it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I have to add to this too, like, so crucial i really hope you guys listen like don't buy a pos car either no like i've been learning this lesson i learned <laughs> this lesson hard every time i swear i get this car because it's a good deal and then i spend way more <laughs> making it a nice car or making it better than if i would have just saved an extra thousand and uh, bought the same car just nicer yeah, yeah. And, like, and, and, there is something about the journey, kind of. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. The yeah. whole fix it upper, it's fun. How about this? Like, so you get a car that has your least favorite interior color. Uh -huh. That's a huge project. Mm -hmm. Or you get a car in the in the paint is faded, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, I'll paint it. Yeah, like painting a car nowadays is like six to eight grand. The, the, so don't buy a car and think you're painting it. The the homie hookup price on painting a car now is three to four thousand. Yeah, and so and I, good luck finding that guy. Uh -huh. like, yeah. yeah, and it, it like like Noah said, it's not to say that this you know this is just things that we've learned along the way. I met a lot of great people running around the country buying interior pieces and seats and doing it three times and buying body panels and like, but. In the end, if I would have just saved up and started with an SS, I would be five years farther in my mm -hmm. modding career than I am now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, same here with my base model. I yeah. mean, and, and I've been around the corner and, you know, a hundred times. And uh -huh. 
still, I still spent doing it. way too much money on my base model. Like, And also just kind of waiting out for the right one. I'm mm-hmm. always huge on Yes. Don't just like, oh, it's local. It's pretty close to what I want. I've never been a fan of when people just jump on something that's uh-huh. such a big investment. I'm yes. always, I'm always, you know, when you see it, yeah. um, if it gives you that feeling, that's when you, it's time to jump on it. Don't, like don't make it work because you know, you're, you're being impatient or anything. Um, and don't be afraid to drive. I mean, I drove to Wisconsin to pick up my Regal and it was only $4,000. I but, had my cobalt you know, chip from Cali. Yeah. Thing. It was like, um, I was looking for one for like two months and that one popped up. It's like, that's the one. That's the one I want. Yeah. For 3,800 guys. My number one rule is factory supercharged car if you want to make any power in any kind of way. Um, not 97, not 08. Anything in between factory supercharged and you're good to go. Don't buy a base model and top swap because you're going to... No. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't... We, we have those things available for, for the people that want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But... Don't even buy it and don't... And if you're going to turbo a car, you're like, well, I want a turbo build. Great. But still buy that factory supercharged car. Because the PCM is going to be way more friendly to the boost. Um, you're it's, you're always going to have a better result if the car is factory supercharged. Whether you're building it for a big blower or you're building it for a turbo, make sure it's factory supercharged. Because it, you're going to be held back in some form or another if you start with anything but. Yeah. And and a lot of times, too, it's the small things that you don't realize have changed between whatever the base model may be and your up model. Uh, I'm talking knuckles. Yep. bearings you know bolt patterns all, all this brakes right yeah brakes. abs uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this model doesn't have like no like that that is i think my biggest regret on my uh spec base model is not getting a car that had abs like yeah. i was like oh cool it's got no abs and then you go and put fancy brake pads on it and you go to the track and every time you touch the brake pedal it locks up all four times <laughs> yep. and you're like holy Bono's crap there. like this is tough. Like, I had to switch brake pads on it and put less, like, uh-huh. rotor and caliper on it to, like, yeah. soften it up a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'll, uh, I'll I'll move into mods that we should have, or should have done sooner. Uh, brakes. Yeah, Man, that's my I, number one that I was thinking about all day long. Yeah. Brakes and tires. Just, yeah, really. I mean... Dude. Yeah, let's let's not move through it too quick. Uh, yeah. We're only... Tires was mine, but, yeah. But it's in... Yeah, the brakes is big, um, I, and it's one of those weird things that you, it's hard to understand until you have a good set of brakes. Yeah. The, when you have a car that literally stops, like, it, you you give it pedal and it gives you right back uh-huh. what, you're, what you yeah. need out of it, it's an incredible feeling, um, because it's crazy how fast you can stop a vehicle. Uh, and, and, like, to, to add to what you're saying, like, it could save you an accident. Yeah. Oh, Having yeah. that upgraded brake system could save you the one time that you it's really... glance at your radio or you glance at your heater controls and and somebody crams the brakes in front of you. Like having that front and rear brake upgrade kit with fancy pads could it was like, save you a whole front end. It was like three days into the R and D on the Brembo kit we did for the W bodies last yeah. summer. Um, me and Tyler put it together, and I was driving the car, and like three days in. I had the closest deer call ever at 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 like sixty five miles an hour, and I used every bit of the brakes that could be possibly used, yeah. and I did not hit a, a couple deer. And the car had just been repainted on the front end too because I got a deer earlier that year. Um, so those those brakes literally saved me from a, 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 a deer. whole rebuild. Yeah, 
And when you're driving a car like the GXP that I have, you can't get a new bumper for it. You can't get new fenders for it. Like, so, yeah, it's pretty, it saved, it saved me. And I was so impressed with that kit. That kit's super good. If you have a W body, check out our latest Brembo kit. It really works. Yeah, it, it's good. Sebastian Morrison, uh, if you can paint our cars for $300, we will all do it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got three that could use it. I mean, I'll I'll pay you three times that, please. <laughs> Base model like has side skirts that need painted, a lip that needs painted, and man, like yeah, I I need I need a guy. So you, a guy. yeah, building off the get your up model, you you've got side skirts that you got to get yeah. on, and if you want to yeah. do a bumper, and man, I. I, you know, I had my base model bumper, and then I found a guy in Lansing who had an unpainted bumper, SS bumper, so I drove out there, I picked that up, and then I found out the hardware, how much painting stuff costs, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let me look for another one. So then I drove down to Indiana, I drove all the way down there with my bumper off, a cop pulled me over along the way, and he's like, what are you doing? It's like, don't worry, it's car guy stuff, I'm going to pick up a bumper. So I drove down there, installed the bumper in a parking lot. And then I got a rear SS bumper that was blue, and I was like, oh, it's close enough. And then, uh, you know. <laughs> Man, I did. I had all gray interior, so then I did. I had to find all the door panels, and then I had to find the seats. And so I got LSJ leather seats, and I hated those. And then I did Recaro's, and then I did LNF seats, and whew. <laughs> those poor seat bolts are like, <laughs> again? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my uh back when I had my cruise, it was a little under optioned and it always drove me nuts like the radio and those if you don't get the uh nice nice one or like the brakes, you know, the drum brakes. Um a lot of stuff that you can't really change. Yeah, especially on the newer cars. Yeah. You know, doing a a radio in a cruise if you're not if you're not doing like the cheap Tesla style like mm -hmm. Android China one. I mean, you're looking at quite a bit because you got to reprogram stuff, and the head unit is expensive, and you got to have a tech two to, you know, it's yeah, for sure. So yeah, find find the audio you want. Yeah, yeah, I've I've always been a fan. I I either I have two different two different directions I go with audio. Is um I either buy the the basis base model radio so I can upgrade it, mm -hmm. or I buy the nicest OEM radio, like a car with the nicest OEM radio, and then I don't touch it. Yeah. Like that's that's the two directions. Don't like unless and if you're not an audiophile, then who cares? But yeah. Like I am. Like every vehicle I have has a, a touched audio system of some kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Rust free is a really big one too. Yes. Rust free, yeah. Huge. Don't get a rusty one. I, that's very important. I will it whatever car I'm buying next to keep for a while, it will 100% be from the south. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with these. You have to deal with a day of driving to save yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do it like yep. Tim and fly down to Texas and drive it back. Mm -hmm. have, make a trip out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, plane tickets are expensive, but I hopped on the other day because I want to view Redline, of course, because I'm weird. And I'm looking around I'm here, and every single view... It, the Redline is one of those cars that people keep forever. So they all have 250,000 miles on them. And those cars, the front subframe just rusts in half. And every single ad up here, they're like, rust-free. Rust-free. It's plastic. So of course it's going to be rust-free. And then you ask for pictures of the underside. And you're like, ah. 
But yeah, I looked up tickets. You can fly down to Orlando for $59 out of Grand Rapids. Nice. Who cares? You know, spend yep. a couple of hours in the car and a little bit of gas and get yourself a, a nice... Well, trip. I mean, you're you're going to save in mechanic fees oh, yeah. the money you spend in flying somewhere and driving Not something southern. all those rusty bolts and... Yeah. You know, every job, every time a mechanic works on your car is going to save you some time that you're paying them for labor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, you can get under the under any of my cars and with an open-end box and wrench and loosen any bolt under them because they're all southern vehicles. And just not having it at the back of your mind, like, oh, when is this brake line going <laughs> to yeah. yeah. out or fuel line going to start <laughs> You know that for me. Yes. Woo. Oh, I yeah. missed that. It's only right on time. <laughs> fuel, fuel line, your fuel lines, your evap lines, your brake lines, like all the like yeah. your tranny lines. Like you don't have to worry about any of that on a southern car. Yeah, you know it's not just rust holes in your quarter panels. I mean, it's so much. The rust-free thing for me is I'm just like in the garage, laying on my back under the car, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. it's just a warm, happy feeling. When yeah, I'm taking parts off and putting them on. I'm not like. The raining down rust and as you hit it with an impact. Oh and my just, gosh, ah. this thing is a pile. Why am I here? Like, it's been there. It's not fun. Um, I would say, moving on, I guess we've touched on some brakes and suspension, but a quality coilover. Yeah. Played around with a lot of lowering spring stuff for a long time because I'm like, oh, that's $1,000 is a lot for coilovers, but man... You know, we've got really good coilovers out for all of our platforms at this point. If you're thinking about a coilover, save, save a little time and just do it because you will be thoroughly, it'll take you further and you will be very more. Like, uh, let's say, let's say you, you buy coilovers, like most coilovers have a camber plate on top. Mm-hmm. And, and let's say you're like kind of on a budget. You're like, ah, you know, I want to save the money. I'm just going to get lowering springs. So you go and you put your lowering springs on your car. Then you bring it to the alignment shop. And then they're like, you need alignment bolts. Cam bolts. Hey, or, yeah, cam- camber bolts. 100 and, bucks worth of cam bolts. Or, or that's just for the bolts. Yeah. They're like $6 a piece bolts. But to pay them to install them, it's 300 bucks. Uh-huh. So now, like, you, like, how much money did you save? Yeah, and then you get your lowering springs on. Or you take the strut out of the car, and then you're like, oh, my top hats are yeah. bad. Oh, the struts are bad. You put yeah. the lowering springs on it, right? It's like, Duke. Yeah, yeah, we talk about that all the time. The The amount of bang for the buck you get in a complete coilover from the top hat to the new strut to the everything, it's just like kind of a no-brainer. And like, I yeah. have a daily HHR that the girlfriend drives, and I just, it needs some struts. And I'm just like, I know what I need to do. How yeah. long has she been your girlfriend, by the way? We're talking about cars, too. <laughs> and um I'm very tempted to do some coils. <laughs> <laughs> tempted to do some oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because like by the time I look into, you know, some KYBs or some FE5s and then yeah. a lowering spring, like the price starts getting close and I'm like And and we we work on cars that are nearly twenty years old, so you've got isolators that are falling apart when you take them out. So that's another thirty bucks and yeah, it's just Man, I, I would definitely agree. Coilovers, save up. Don't buy. And, and, and really, then don't buy the eBay ones, too, because yeah, I've tried that as well. No, those are bad. It really, as much money as you think you're going to save on used coilovers, don't buy used coilovers. Mm-hmm. The lock rings will be seized. You know, like, I did that, too. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun. <laughs> I mean, I think, geez, I, I would imagine all of us at this table have made that mistake. Oh, like, yeah. 
I think yeah. I, I think I counted the other day, and on the base model, I went through. Now with the ZZP coilovers, I'm on suspension setup number six. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had the the best lowering springs, the worst lowering springs, some ones that I didn't know the name of, and you know, <laughs> you're just like, oh, well, I want to be a little bit lower, so let me get some B and Gs, and then they ride like absolute. Do, don't do B and Gs, anyone. I don't even think they still make them, but man, those were rough. Those were bad. They are very low. Same for Those are my favorite spring for the 3800. Oh, really? Yeah, B&G springs were the, say good the greatest 3800s. But... I had the Eibach Pro Kit on my Grand Prix. Kind of going along with yeah. what we're talking about. I had the Eibach Pro Kit on it, and I hated it. I never and then... That's funny, because the Eibach's never bothered me, and I had a set on a car up until recently, and when I did coilovers on the GXP. And then uh, I bought a used Grand Prix that had B&Gs on it. And I was like, they can't be any worse than these iBox. <laughs> so I swapped and I was so happy. Wow. And, like the B&Gs rode so much nicer. Cool. Uh, my favorite, this is a tangent, but my favorite lowering spring that used to be available was the uh, Canuck Motorsports ones for ah. the Cobalt. I always liked those. I've never heard of those. Yeah. It was I've a heard while of ago. But... Uh, yeah, coilovers are, are just they're just easy. You can rebuild them, but like Adam Project said, he bought a set of used BCs. I only had them for a few months, but they need a rebuild. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Only it, had them for a few months. You know, the adjustable dampening in a coilover is nice too. So if um if you want if you want your car to ride nice, but let's say you're taking a long trip. Uh-huh. And you're like, I just want it to ride as nice as possible on this trip, and you just soften the down. dampening. Yeah. That's and then great. you get back, or or you go to the racetrack and you go the opposite, and you're like, oh, I'm racetrack, crank it up, like mm-hmm. that's that's pretty nice. Yeah, and and it makes a difference too, for sure. I mean, like it makes a very noticeable difference when you go spinning the dial. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Adam Project, thanks, uh, thanks for that install video on the sky coilovers. That was really well done. Um, I'm glad that your wife likes them, likes them as well. <laughs> um, and the the my next mine in uh, apparently Noah's is tires. Um, tires, like, uh, you've probably heard us rant about this before. Like we will have, you know, I'll, I'll keep it short, but we'll have a customer come in with a, let's say a cobalt. And he's like, I want a full turbo swap kit, forge pistons, E85. I want to make like 475 <laughs> wheel horsepower. And then they show up with their five-year-old, like, Ankings. <laughs> or an all season. Like, Ling-long. Ling-long. Literally- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like, serious, like, tires, people. You tires. don't need, like, 200 treadwear, but just... No, you not do. everyone does. You just do. a decent, like... <laughs> yeah. You do. You need 200 treadwears. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, like, I, I've, I'm a huge pusher of 200 treadwears. I mean... You have 200 treadwears and you have winners. Yes. It's the move. Yep. It really yes. is. Find yourself another set of wheel, and I, I guess I'll go off that. I wish I had done dedicated summer and winter. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Sooner. Yes. Because, yes. ah, man, I know a lot of a lot of our customers are are down south. You know, you can drive all year round and whatever you want, but up here, the minute you put a good set of snow tires on a car and go for a drive in like deep, wet, slushy snow, you're like, oh, this is the way. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. And I would say it's the same for a 200 treadwear. Mm-hmm. You put a 200 yeah. treadwear on a car for the first time, and you go into a corner or you leave a stop sign, you're like, it's still it looking. It's, I can go faster. Yeah, like yeah. it's. it's Man, I remember uh, the first car that I put um, 
a 200-ish Tyron was my Turbo Grand Prix. It made like, uh, I think it made about 380 wheel horsepower and daily driver trim. And uh, I put BFG um, G-Force drag radials on the front. And um, I don't know why. I think I just wanted to do a burnout or something. And I kind of took off from an intersection to just slam the gas down. And it hooked. It, was, it hooked. <laughs> it was like spinning, but laid you in the in the seat. Yeah. I'm like, holy crap, I had no idea, you know? And then the 1465 went, <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it never did, actually, man. <laughs> I uh, built the tranny. And uh, it was funny, because uh, Zoom actually loaned me the money to build the tranny. It was like... Uh, uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and pay for this built tranny for you, just to like get you running some times. Yeah, you can you can just work it off, and uh, yeah, I did work it off. But yeah, uh, so two like a, a sticky tire. Like, I wonder if he still got that program going. Like <laughs> <laughs> to apply for that. Tell me about it. Yeah, where, where's the form? What do I need to sign here? So many ZZP cars that need work. <laughs> I just need another one of me and like 30 more hours in a week. <laughs> and like, maybe I might get some progress done. So let's say, let's say that you like, you're just horsing around on the street and you just like have this S curve and you're just flying around this S curve. Like this is kind of just like the same, same story with the bricks is that you could just have a slight oops in this S curve and these tires can save you. Yeah, yeah. instead of just pushing right off. And I see Bill yeah. Kish saying to 200s. <clears throat> One thing I want to touch on when we're on 200s, make sure you have a 17 or 18-inch wheel. Don't put 200s on your 16s. If they even make them, I don't know. <laughs> but you're, I mean, unless you're trying to go in a straight line, but I know you have drag slicks, Bill. So if you're looking for a tire to handle, the wheel is important too. It, yeah, yeah, it is. Light wheel. A light wheel that is wide and, you know, you get the prof the side profile of the tire down so you can <laughs> So you're not running on a fifty side wall. <laughs> okay, and, and another thing, like with a two hundred treadwear, like the the miles you can put on them ranges greatly. But I will say, like, you think that they're not gonna last, but they do last a long time. With a proper alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like I got yourself a good alignment. I got eight thousand miles out of my RE seventy one R's being a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I had to air them down, take them to the strip. We went to Tail of the Dragon. All of the autocrosses I did. And you know at least 15% of those tires were worn out on Tail of the Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Like both of us. Because you pointed out first, you're like, uh, Tim, have you looked at your tires today? <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, no. And I went and looked. I was like, was wild. oh. <laughs> we left for Tail of the Dragon and I looked at them. I'm like, oh, these tires are golden. I came home on cords. <laughs> if it wasn't for Tail of the Dragon, I probably could have got 10,000 yeah. out of them. Now, to add to that, because that kind of goes against what I said, is um, it's all about how, like, if you just have a, a twisty, turny road around your house, you're not going to get your tires hot and melt them off. If you go to Tail of the Dragon and you rip Tail of the Dragon for, like, 15 minutes straight or 30 minutes if you turn around and do it again, like... Yeah, you're going to get the tires hot, and when they get hot, they wear out extra fast. Yeah. You can do, you can do a burnout, and it's not like it wears your 200s out super fast. Like, yeah, if no. you go to a road course and you run it full hard on for 20 minutes, yes, there will be visual wear on your tires from oh, that yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah, or you could just drive a Miata like Noah, and never have to worry ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's four and a half pounds. Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, what is that Miata way? 2300. Yeah. So, nothing. And they're 15 inch tires, and it's a Miata, so everybody 14s, makes actually. 14? Yeah. 14s, and it's a Miata, so that means all sizes are like every brand makes a tire for mm -hmm. that car. Yeah, it would be amazing. But like, I have, um, you know, Bridgestone, uh, not Bridgestone, I, that's what I used to have, uh, the Hankook RS4. That's a 200 treadwear tire, but everybody brags about how long they last. Mm -hmm. Like, that is like one of the best. I drive my car every day. I want to put 15,000 miles on these tires and still go to the track and like perform fairly well. Now they're pretty loud and they're pretty, they're pretty rough, a uh, rough ride, but it is a race tire. So keep that in mind. I think there is something to say about like pilot, like PS4S. Oh yeah. Thing. Like a 300 treadwear, or, like, you know, it lasts a little bit longer generally mm -hmm. for most people. And if you're not doing a whole lot of track or autocross stuff, I think you're probably fine. Yeah, most it, you know, stuff. not everyone needs a 200 track wear, but nope. like like Tim was saying, you know, it, a lot of us are building these cars to make for power, and <laughs> man, I, man, I hate you sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, be reasonable with what you want to do with the car. If you're just looking to go out and have fun, a pilot sport will be perfectly fine. You'll have a lot of fun on it. But, you know, if you're in a Cobalt making 500 wheel on your 7163 or whatever, don't buy, like, an Indy 500 and expect yeah. to hook from second, mm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, we always tell you guys, if you ever have any tire, you know, if you need advice, we could ramble on this entire podcast. Yeah. And also true in the yeah. words, they're just always a lot louder, I feel. They are. Oh, yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a trade-off. If you're bougie about it, you know, you don't... I like it. And um, do not buy tires by the treadwear rating either because they are not all the same. Yeah. That yeah. treadwear rating does not, like, equal... One does not equal one. Yeah. Like, it, it's just... That treadwear rating is a rating by the manufacturer themselves, and that's just their opinion of what it is. Uh -huh. um, definitely at least do a little bit of Google searching when you're buying something because, like, you mentioned my, my hot take is I hate... Indy 500 tires. Like, whenever somebody gets them, they're like, these are the greatest tire ever. No, they're not. <laughs> they are not, I promise you. It's just... They, were, they, they used to be affordable. That's what made them great. And they, now... Yeah, they're, they're, they're affordable, they're, and they're, they're not five, even... six, seven, eight years old, like whatever tire you took off your car yeah. is. Yeah. So... Yeah, they were great when they were 79 bucks at yeah, the corner. Man, they're, now they're, they're nice. 150 So... Yeah. Uh, Brad... No High Life today, uh, a couple of us have a 5K race tomorrow, and I'm already going to be going out tonight, so you know, I figured I'd limit it. Yeah. Try and, try and beat Tim here. We'll see. I'm trying to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sore from bowling yesterday, so. What an old man. <laughs> Me and Trevor were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, first time every year I bowl, my left leg, my plant leg is, is sore, and then I wake up this morning, I'm like, no. <laughs> I've been bowling all year, uh, but actually, I will. T I will take a little sass or whatever you got over there. Little, little brown, it's good. Little brown. Yeah. So Man, I didn't get to try that Uber on or whatever. Oh yeah, try, yeah. I meant to try that. That's good. Man, a good So one of the biggest things that I've overlooked until I basically worked at ZZP was um, transmission, and that's applicable, I think, for the EcoTech and the. 65e in the 3800 um gearing and or lsd and both yeah and and lsd goes back to find the model you want yeah because if you're yeah. into a cobalt and it's got an f35 and you don't want to drop 
all the money for an F40 that you can service the LSD. If you got an F35 without one, yeah, you're without one. Yeah. I, 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 I say all the time the LSD is the only mod that I've installed and laughed out loud on the way home in with enjoyment of how <laughs> much of a difference it is. I don't think I will ever have like a race car without an LSD. It would yeah. be the first mod I do on a car. Yeah, yeah, it is very underrated for sure. Um, I like you and Al talked me into putting the LSD in the Sonic, and I was just like, "Holy crap!" But <laughs> yeah, first year I went to Tail the Dragon, I had no LSD and a V3 turbo making like 240 wheel, and it was spinning out of every corner. Yep, I go back with an LSD, and it was a totally different animal. And the Sonics seem to make a bigger difference. I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just in my head, but if I drive a Cobalt without one and then a Cobalt with one, it's like, yeah, yeah, I can notice the difference. You hop in a Sonic without one and then put one in it, and it's worlds better. When yeah. I've raced, like, Cobalts with LSD versus non-LSD, it is just night and day. Yeah. Black car racing. Oh, yeah. Non, yeah, non I'm glad Blue Car has one. <laughs> who's, who's yelling? Sorry. Uh, but uh, also touch up on transmissions though. Like um, I went through probably I think three F35s <laughs> on my Cobalt to where that got kind of expensive. To where if I would have just done the F40 right away, a lot more reliable. Yeah, not had any problems since. Yeah, it's it, looking from the outside in, it seems like a costly swap. But man, F35, especially now. I mean, you went through them a couple of years ago yeah. when you could still find them for mm -hmm. five, six, eight hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. Now they're a grand minimum. Yeah. Well, and they're hard to find. I mean, even two years ago, I drove eight hours for one. Just because needed it. Yeah. It's a good deal. Yep. Brad Keys, I apologize. Bo told me I can't get my car in the bay until June. <laughs> June, it comes in and the F35 comes out. So harass, harass <laughs> Bo over here. That guy. If you just need an F35, I can have it out what? next week, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's getting the F thirty five out's not the problem. It's all the other shenanigans Tim wants to do all the cars in the bay. <laughs> Man, it's shenanigans. Yeah, it You're like, I need a bay to put on tires. The four hours later the tires still aren't on. Every time. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's how it goes. So when we're changing engines, it's the same thing, just on a you know, scaled much larger. <laughs> kind of going off the like F forty thing reliability mods are huge yeah. so oh, your cooling yeah. mods i do that before you try and go throwing a bunch of power at it just yeah try to make it reliable Intercooler. down. reliable or uh i'm i mean maintenance it's not a mod but maintenance stuff um but yeah like uh really a lot of our platforms obviously the 3800 if if i was to build a blower car first thing would be a full stack or short stack Intercooling, yeah. Yes. Intercooling is a must. Uh, and, L, you know, somebody was asking me today, on a uh, ATS or a CTS or Regal, you know, um, I'll do a 1.0 tune, you know, basic bolt-ons, colder intake, downpipe exhaust, let's say. Um, two gears of full throttle and you are approaching 140 degrees of manifold air temps. That's pretty high. Um, turbo you swap. Let, let's say your IET1s, your intake air temps are... Um, let's say 70 degrees and your MATs are 140 after two gears of full throttle, you will put an intercooler on and your MATs will be like 65. 
Yes, I said cooler than your IATs because that is it happens more often than not. Like an intercooler in any of the LTG cars or the LHU cars, yeah, or Sonic, um, or Sonic. Yeah, you you could cut your your actual intake air temps by a half. Yeah, same for the thirty eight hundred, and that and that's just like just for an example, like. How does your car feel on a 50-degree day versus a 95-degree day? Mm-hmm. That's what an intercooler does for you. Like, that's huge. One really interesting thing I found during the intercooler testing on Zoom's GTP was we couldn't get IETs down without an intercooler. No matter how cold, I, how long I set, let the car sit, how proper the pull was, um, I never had IETs below coolant temp. Wow. Like... They would like the car would be running at 160 degrees, and the IETs would be like 161, 162, 163. We could sit there, we could put a leaf blower in the intake, like because we were playing around with stuff on the dyno, wouldn't get below coolant temp, which it makes sense. Yeah, the, everything's at that temperature, engine temp. Yeah, um, so yeah, ATSVs take forever for the MATs to come down. Yeah, yeah those ever. Those are one thing I really learned about that coolant temp thing was is how important a 180 degree thermostat is in a stage kit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, um, Brad Key's stealth heat exchanger on a cobalt. I mean, oh, obviously, I'm magic stock pulley in E85, but like my IAT2s will stay under 100, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. And then people throw on a 27 pulley with a stock heat exchanger, and they're IAT2s are over 200. Ooh, I'm so excited for you, Jeff. Take that record, buddy. Oh, Heck yeah. yeah. Let, us, me. Let, us, let us know what we got to beat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make sure to get a couple scans of it and send me some scans of it. Just take your laptop and either, like, set it, like, in your passenger seat or on the floor of the car, like, in the back seat. Like, set it somewhere safe. Uh, what are our predictions, Jeff? What did What did you run last time? Before, because it was before the Z04, if I uh, recall. But he's got some nice new wheels on, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it's running pretty good. While we wait for him to respond, I'm going to introduce a controversial one, which is spark plug gap. Ooh, yeah, that's a good argument because yeah, so many people, including Tim, love the largest spark plug gap possible. And in the grand scheme of things, all it does is cause problems. Just just close the gap and have results. Yeah, it's it's um it definitely could be a hassle, hassle for sure. For sure. Um like let's say you have a sonic to where it literally takes you ten minutes to swap or to change your gap, like maybe it's not that terrible. But um but if you have like a thirty eight hundred where it's like a yeah. a forty five minute project or whatever, like that, that sucks. A lot of well um, a lot of guys just run the stock plug gap for so long. Like mm-hmm. I get it in remote tuning all the time. Yeah, man, we're clicking off a few misfires here, you know, on the big end, and like tighten your plug gap up to forty thou if you have it. And they're like, "Well, it's at fifty six, like the factory recommends." And I'm like, "Well, we've modified every other aspect of the vehicle at this point. How about we modify that plug well, gap a little bit to do what we're doing?" I, th- I think the uh, OEM spark plug gap is sixty two. Yeah, if oh, I recall, even more. I'd say. <laughs> and then, um, and then with on our website, most of our pages will say like uh, run like a fifty six gap. I mean, it's just common sense, like. It is harder to jump a spark under pressure. Yep. So the more cylinder pressure you have, the more power you have, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's harder to jump that gap. So the more power you make, the tighter gap you have to run. So uh, like a, a stock GTP, you'll be able to run a 62 gap with no misfires. Yeah. But if you have a turbo kit making 450 wheel, you're probably going to have to run a 30, 35, 35 yeah. to 40 gap. If you're lucky, you can run a 40. Yeah. But okay. it, and, and, and the thing is, too, is like, and that's the 3800 is the only vehicle I've ever modded that has been able to run a gap that large. It's huge. Like a, a Cobalt, you're in the 20s. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a Sonic, you're in the 20s. You know, it, an ATSV, you're in the tw everything. Yeah. Everything else, you're in the 20s. Yep. So, like, yeah. And then um, to go with what Bo's saying, I mean, I've, you know, we've done customer builds and I've asked them to gap the plugs at 28. And then I'm like, I come back and the, on the test drive and I'm like, sorry, Bo, I need these tightened up to 25. And then he'll tighten them up to 25. And I think there's even one customer car that I had to have you tighten them up even more, right? Yeah. Um, there's one. We've had a few uh, Z04 full builds that requires 20,000. Yeah. I mean, the drag car, we slam them down to like 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Like, I like the gap being big because, like, let's say you have a boost issue, mm -hmm. like a boost control issue. Um your large gap might save you an engine yeah, in theory. Yeah. You know, you might blow out spark instead of like igniting that spark at 40 PSI and, mm -hmm. and then boom, bye bye block or rod or piston, whatever. Bo's been there. Um, or <laughs> valve. Um, to be determined this week. So what that was, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Engine will be out of the regular by the end of the weekend. Cool. About time. That baby <laughs> no, needs brother. to be running. No brother. I got the L36 all short blocked up and ready to find its home. Because the uh, wheels I, I are gotta, gonna, I the wheels it. are gonna be on the base model and it's gonna be ready to pass that reel. <laughs> Sweet, <man>. Sweet. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> We're ready for you. Uh, Brandon, yes, fifth gear goes out on F thirty fives. Now that is the only gear that you can service, so you know you can do that. I, I did pull fifth gear out of mine and drove it for like probably two or three months. So I waited for my new trans a while ago. I have a picture of fifth gear peeking out the side of mine. <laughs> right through the side of that case. Just, Hello. Right on the way to work. Yeah. One other thing too. I would add for stuff I would have done sooner is touch point stuff. So mm, yeah. a yep. short shifter, nice wheel. The steering wheel for me, man. See, steering wheel is a game changer. Well, you're mine. Oh, yeah. Everything to tighten up the shifter, base bushings shifter cable shifter ends, and yeah. cable ends like everything to stiffen up the shifting is is nice um and you know honestly all of our like all of not our but everybody's front wheel drive um short shifter suck mm -hmm. but man like our kappa one is awesome oh. our atsv one is awesome like I, I really wish that there was a better shifter option for the front wheel drive guys, and I know these dudes have been working on these billet shifters, mm -hmm. adapting them over. So I'm really hoping somebody's gonna like make a kit. Well, I, I think that part of the problem is obviously you're going through a cable, and uh, you know they're they're meant to have rubber ends and and all this. But I will say, uh, after getting brand new shift cables in my LNF, I'll do that on all cobalts yeah. now. Yeah. Though they, I didn't know it could shift so well. It's great. I love yeah. it. For what? For 125 bucks? Yep. Not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Shifter cables for sure. I mean, most of these cars. I mean, 120,000 miles is is not high miles to me. Mm -hmm. 
But um, but it kind of is on shifter cables. Yeah, something that you so, work every day. Yeah, you know, it'll wear out. So yeah, shifter shifter cables, touch points, steering wheels, shift knobs. Mm-hmm. You know, shift boots. Like anything that you look at, like you gotta like don't forget you guys that you're like in your car looking at your interior like a hundred times more than you're looking at the exterior of your car. Uh-huh. I mean, like it's one of the reasons I like my base model. You know, I had um Paul in Florida like do the trim in it and I got a neat steering wheel and you know, race seats, like yeah, it's, it's just fun. I get in it it's and I just I just enjoy it. Yeah. You know? I don't want to do that to my ATSV. I don't want to put a racing wheel in my ATSV, you know. So, but yeah, the Cobalt's like, yeah, why not? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm Make doing I'm doing gauges in the Regal this year. I have 100% neglected that for so long. <laughs> like full build Regal, not a single gauge to be found. <laughs> You've saved a no lot wide. of money doing that, though. I know, like no wideband, no boost, no nothing. I just like just flirt and smile. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Nothing, nothing really wrong with that, honestly. Like that's that's. Well, I mean, I mean if you, you know, got the confidence to do that, and you know your build's good. HP tuners is out when it comes together. Once I see everything's good, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating when you look at the interior car and you notice that there's like a thousand dollars in gauges there, or yeah. close to it. Sometimes they're pricey. It's yeah, it adds up fast, especially if you're doing aero forces. That's three hundred. A good wide band's two hundred. You know, five hundred bucks by itself plus your pillar. If one stops working, how long is it broken in your car and you're looking at it mad until you finally fix it? Uh, Five years. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. The Aero Force in my base model hasn't worked for five years. Yeah. And I emailed them two years ago and said, how much to rebuild it? And they said 120 bucks. And I was like, going to be broken for a few more years. Got higher priorities. (laughs) Not that the base model needs an Aero Force. Yeah. I really want some in my in the GXP, but I'm like, what do you what do you monitor on a naturally aspirated car? Oil pressure Ooh, bolts, maybe. <laughs> it's got a factory gauge. Yeah, oil pressure, but like but that was a huge pressure gauge. What you, it says zero, it's done. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> no going you know back. What? You know what though? Like uh, another Sometimes thing, it's better that. to not know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you probably. Like, if you have multiple mod cars like you do, like, you can't put gauges in all of them. That's just too much money. Like, yeah. there's better money spent. So, like, the GXP, that's one car I would rock no gauges in. Yeah. Put the gauges in the Regal. That's the car that you want to, like, what's my tranny temp at right now? Yeah. The uh, the only reason I really want gauges in that car is that it's one of my favorite pillar pods we have. It's the 04 Plus Grand Prix pillar pod. Oh, yeah? Really nice. What makes it special? I don't know. It just it it's a just fits really good. All three really. It's just very how it should be. My, my favorite is the Sonic center mount. Dash. The Sonic center mount one's a super that one's killer. We should look into a cruise one. Yeah, we really should. For the ones without the Pioneer yeah, speaker up there, no reason not to. You might even be able to integrate that speaker into one somehow too. I mean, the, like the, maybe just leave it underneath there. Pull the. Well, you keep in mind the sound is bouncing off the windshield. So, I mean, let's say you have two gauges right in your face. You could have the speaker, like, in front of them. Yeah. Just We could just build it with a grill in it. Yeah. We'd have to compare. Yeah. Um, you could have, yeah. Good have thing the I know, I know Matt Telder's car has the nine speaker, and I know ours doesn't, so we could reference both. Cool. There we go. And the Eddie needs gauges. That's another car that I drive a lot. No gauges. 
full build zero four card. No gauges. Yeah. It's kind of cool though. Keeps it stealthy. <laughs> uh, issues with the AMX series. Uh, it sounds like maybe a sensor issue. Is it the OBD one or the standard one? But no, typically AMs are pretty, pretty reliable. Is Tim's bottle having a disco party? <laughs> yeah. Yep. We got these fancy water bottles. I haven't oh, yeah. mine in a year, but you know. that monitors my water intake to keep me hydrated. My bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, big time gauges. Gauges are a must. Um, I love the Aeroforce Force because of the warning light. Like, yeah, that's cool. You, you can, can set that announcicator or however you pronounce it to whatever sensor signal you want. Shift light, you could do it. Yeah, oil temp, anything. Yeah. You can say, you know, if it gets over X degrees, flash at me. You know, with really with nice. Bo Road Course and his Regal, uh, I would probably have it on training temp mm-hmm. or coolant temp, whatever one gets hot quicker. Um, and then it, it, and you can't miss it. You cannot it's miss it. Normally, they normally follow each other very closely. Okay. But it's likely directly related because I'm still using the training cooler and the radiator. Okay. That makes sense. And I can't tell if I like that or not, but I'm always changing around tranny coolers. We'll see. You have to. I would say uh, one more things I wish I did sooner, but I, I'll never do, is have a daily and one mod car. <laughs> Just do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to agree with you, but like, I love messing with everything i, know, I like it i think if i had a car that i didn't do anything to i would sell it because i would get bored with it the problem is you're in the daily a lot and you're like mm, this thing needs this <laughs> yeah mm, i need to do that yeah i next, just next thing you know you can't tell what one's the race car anymore and that's pretty much the definition of a car now now um to add to yours like i think what i like doing is you you your daily you have a different mindset. Like I'm yeah. only going to do mods that are in going to improve the drivability of this car. You know, maybe improve gas mileage or, um, you know, make it perform better, but not take away anything. Yeah. That would be cool. And then the race car, you're like, you know, solid mounts, uh-huh. you know, solid control arm bushings, you know, tubular control arm bushings. Like, and then you're like, I don't care. You know, I'm fine with it rattling, Plunk it, but yeah. You know, I wouldn't suggest putting tubular control arms in your daily driver. Like it's it's that is a pretty like crossing the line of race only mod. It is. I can agree with that a hundred percent. Probably one of my from a non performance aspect, least favorite mods I put in the Regal because daily driving it, not I mean uh, the first time to work, I'm like, Whoa <laughs> I can feel that road now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh David Vanway how much to get a GTP in the eights? Just start with a turbo and go from there. Um, just offer Matt money and you can just buy his. Buy his. Matt's car. is like Matt's already ran eights, and um, if you throw a number at him, he'll sell it. So eights, eights is fast for a front wheel drive car. You're gonna. You're I don't gonna think have a he lot. would. You think he would sell it if somebody? I don't know if he would, but you know everything is for sale for the right price. Yeah. So, I mean, you can always ask him. Um, and there's there's two chassis Grand Prix out there. Like, you know, we battled a few vendors that had a couple of them. You know, uh, Tim King had one that he sold. Um, Intense Racing had one that they they had two that they sold. So, I mean, there are some tube chassis front-wheel drive Grand Prix out there that you just have to find them and buy them. To be fair, 
the tube chassis is not even essential. Not really. That went very quick on this. Yeah. I mean. He was, just had like a back half. Yeah. For, uh, he might have even ran eights on just the back half. Yeah. You know, and then he did the front and just went a little quicker. But, yeah, uh, we missed a whole bunch of questions. Yeah, I, I know one guy asked how to, how to cool an ATSV. Um, dude, it is, it is it is painful. Like, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, you know, an ice bag on the upper intake manifold, um, hood open every chance you get to let the heat radiate off that intake. Do not run your engine cover. Um, do not have the car idling for 30 minutes while you're in the um, staging lanes. Like, shut it off every chance you get. But it is hard cooling an ATSV. It is a it is a gigantic brick of aluminum, and everything is in there. Like without doing something fancy, like maybe a an ice tank, which is arguable because then you're adding a bunch of weight to the car. But mm -hmm. you know, an ice tank that cycles water through ice or something. Weight and but, it's, it's ugh. yeah. These like, on the dyno, it's crazy. Yeah, the like heat they put out. If if you wanted to like hardcore race an ATSV, you know, I'd probably ditch the the heat exchangers entirely and then just have like an ice chest that you just swap the water out in in between every run, but yeah. I don't want to do that. I'm just going to keep the factory system and you know, probably talk to R&D guys into making some bigger heat exchangers for it so we have like a ZZP option. Now this I, I was curious that you brought that up. Didn't we have a V in here that had those fancy we have, uh, We've had two yeah. Did the so what I'm referring to is there's a company that makes upgraded uh, intercooler bricks for the lid. Did you see any improvement? I have not had an A B comparison with them, but um, I don't know. I think we're I think we're like hanging behind on that. Yeah. Like I th we should have already tested that. I should have an answer for you, but we haven't run any of them yet. Yeah. We um, didn't. We didn't see gains with the front exchange exchangers from another vendor not much customer supplied and we're like hey can you do this when you're doing the building and you know we did we didn't a b proper it though because that you know you you were like hey did you notice and i was like not really but um but i but we didn't a b it like we should have had a controlled situation we should have had the car on the dyno on a i'm gonna make up a number a 70 degree day <laughs> yeah you know ha bring the engine up from stone cold like let's say 15 minutes of idle time, five minutes of cruising time on the dyno, do like two or three gears of full throttle, swap so, all the heat exchangers, yeah. and then do the same exact thing again like the next day on a comparable day. Like that's what we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, we just haven't um, really gone after it. The, the Zonas, when we put the Zona turbos on it, that knocked the intake air temps down so much to where it's like, who even cares about an intercooler anymore? Even though I'd imagine it would give even more gains yeah. with intercooler oh, upgrades sure. uh cody you can't do ice in an option b and option b is only to bleed the system it's not a flow through tank uh there are guys who make flow through tanks for lsjs mm -hmm. uh and if you're doing something that requires you know as low as you can get iats then you know that's something that you can look into but yeah negative on the option b yeah, it would be cool if uh, mm -hmm. if there was a neat place to put an ice box. Like, you know, with it being a front-wheel drive car, it would be very neat. You know, we're not talking ATSV anymore. But uh, let's say an LSJ in that situation or a liquid-to-air intercooled turbo car. Um, if you, 
I don't know, find a spot. Like one thing I'm kind of jealous of with the 3,800 dudes is they have so many cubic feet of space of unused space in the front of the car. You could put like, you know, Kish, hear me out. You could put a pretty awesome like tank down in your fog light hole with like ice and run like your intercooler pump through that to, and then just have a direct line right out of the ice box to the intercooler brick. You know, that I've always wanted to do that. And it's a front-wheel drive car. So if you add, you know, seven pounds to you the know, front, you know, s- seven to ten pounds for, let's say, a gallon of capacity of fluid, um, I would I, say it's fine. It's front-wheel drive. The biggest thing is not even don't, – don't stress the ice, just the capacity. Yeah, yeah. The capacity has, shows great gains too. Because, you know, it might be kind of hard to keep it full of ice at the drag strip. Yeah. But having all that, you know, an added – one gallon of water capacity. I mean, I don't see why that wouldn't be a big upgrade. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, we don't currently have an intercooler for the LTG Regal. Um, that's something that's been on the list for a long time, but hopefully we can make it happen. Uh, let's see. Billet timing cover for the cruise. <laughs> Billet anything is cool, but Ooh. man, nope. the return on that is <laughs> not, not great. Yeah, you guys got to keep in mind everything that you suggest has got to be a profitable thing and a, a billet front cover. I mean, I can't even imagine the cost of the brick of aluminum that you would cut it out of. Not a, not only like the cut time mm-hmm. and and how many other products we can't make because our CNC is cutting that one front cover. Yeah, I mean, our, our you know Steve is on our CNC, you know, forty hours a week or fifty hours a week. And it still has a list weeks long of stuff to go on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brad, I'll, I'd be interested in some more photos of that. Uh, ben Wenzel's a kind of local. Uh, he actually has a Cavalier, but he stumbled upon some auction and he ended up with a zero mile LSJ long block. Oh, complete with the blower and everything. And I don't know. It's neat. He posted it for sale for $6,000. And I was like, oh, no, but neat. <laughs> Yeah, neat idea. He also had uh, aluminum rods made. Just going all out on his cavalier. I need like I think you need to find one of those um, those high helix blowers. And use use your use your Tyler at ZZP to get you one of those for mm-hmm. your... one of what the three in the country, right? Yeah, there was there was only six, and GM scrapped a couple of them, and so uh, you know Jason has one, and that's. That's the only confirmed one I even know about anymore. We but. had one, um, and it was awesome. And um, I think it was like 25 wheel, if I recall, oh, yeah. on my car. And that was my 04 Ion with the intercore pump wired backwards because I didn't know because it was 2005. Um, but it was it was worth like 25 wheel horsepower when we, when we AB swapped it on a dyno, and that thing was cool. But Eaton asked for it back. And oh, CCP, really? being honest, we gave it back to them. Well, they oh, wow. also gave one to Intense, which was our a yeah. competing vendor of ours. And they're like, yeah, we're not giving this back. So that's like one of them that's out Dang. And I And I think there was just a few, yeah, the H62. Like, man, those things, like, I regret not, like, I saw one for sale, like, years ago. And I'm like, man, I should just buy that just to have it, uh-huh. you know? Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> What was a, a TVS is all right. I mean, it's um, 
That, it's not really a properly designed blower, in my opinion, like for the LSJ. Yeah. The, the, the H62, I think, is a better upgrade. The, the, the H62 it was basically perfect. It was a TBS-style lobe in it, in an M62 housing. Well, it wasn't a TBS style because those are a twin screw. It just had extra twist to it. Yeah, yeah. It was right. it like the the TBS ones have like a really fat end of the rotor and then a really skinny one on the other end. They're like super thin on them, and then they just like flip them so they work together. Um, uh, High okay. Helix just has a higher rate of twist. Yep. But so, like it, but it was huge. Essentially, making the air scoop scoopier. Yeah, <laughs> science. <laughs> science. I'm sure Al could chime in and like tell us like you know how it's better because I don't know, but I definitely know when I put it on, I loved it. Yeah. Did it sound different? Um, not that I remember. Huh. Um, but that was like 2005. I think. So. I think Jason's car made 40 or 50 wheel more on the same exact setup from his M62 to the H62. I believe it. He had. I mean, mine had no intercooler pump and yeah. no mods. Like, I believe it. I Did mean, you that, swap that since I seen it last. Uh, he is on a oh man, TVS now, or maybe he's back on that. He went back. Yeah, he went back to an M sixty two. So I I don't know what he's on right now, but he had a kid, so he's doing kid stuff, and uh, so hopefully he'll get his car out this year. Throw down some good LSJ times. But, yeah, we got five minutes left. Uh, two minutes. Two minutes left. Hit the questions. <laughs> Hit the questions if you guys have them. Yeah, repeat, because we missed a lot of them. Um, but while we're waiting for that, what are you guys doing this weekend? Anything fun? I've got a climbing competition tomorrow, so not that doing the fun. 5K. That sounds uh, fun, huh? I am wrenching on the Buick. I got yard nice. work done last week. I am literally... Probably collectively 24 hours in the garage over the weekend. Don't talk to me. Don't bug me. I am working on the car. So um, let's see how far we get. And I'll probably run into something that stops me that I don't have, and I'll have to grab it Monday. But I'll at least know what that is. <laughs> You'll at least get there. Uh, Brad, you can you can run a rear transmount spacer on a stock car. The axle angle from the factory on the manual cars was bad anyway. So... You can run it, but then it definitely helps on lower, too. Uh, for me, we got prom at Erica's school that she teaches at tonight, and then we got the race tomorrow, and then we're going down to my brother-in-law and sister's cabin in Battle Creek to meet my parents, so full weekend. You know. we, it's going to be Monday before you know it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I might have a little time on Sunday to do some stuff, but we'll see. Maybe mow that long. It's still too wet. <laughs> oh, man, really? Oh, yeah. My, my yard is soaked still. Yeah. It's terrible. Hmm. I've just got 5K tomorrow. Should have actually been training harder than normal for. Been nice. running two, three times a week for the last five weeks. That's sweet. And then uh, and then yard work, yeah. yeah. People I, stuff. I buckled down on the yard work last week. so should... I did last week, too. That, yeah. It's just a lot, man. Living in Michigan makes it rough because it just gets tattered all winter, and you got to do the winter cleanup. That is way too much work. I need to have a fire because I have, like, such a collection of sticks. Yep. Well, last one. Uh, Cody, probably not doing any no, 3,800 shows. No shows. Meet us at Streetcar Takeover 131, June 16th, 17th, if you want to do some cool stuff. 
There we um, go. Two weeks from now, or well, not this weekend, but next weekend is a slick only day at uh, Martin, and we're going to have a couple cars there. Yeah, on Sunday? I'm, yep, I'm planning on, um, you know, getting the ATSV out. Going after uh, you know, hopefully single digits, and then uh, and then Matt is bringing um, I don't know probably the ATS or and, and LTG and Mayo yep. have his Camaro and I don't know it could be a big could be a big day yeah so so yeah join us then otherwise thanks for joining us guys yep see you next time Cheers. peace have a good weekend see you.